0: Hello and welcome to Party Girls, the communist podcast for dumb bitches who hate going to work. Mm -hmm. I'm, (laughs) I'm Jamie Peck.
1: And I'm Sam Beard, and we got a lot of crazy shit to cover today.
0: Oh, do we ever. Fuck, it's hard to even have silly banter when something so fucked up and pressing has just happened.
1: I have confidence that we'll be able to squeeze some silly banter in here and there.
0: Okay, yeah, we are silly bitches after all.
1: Indeed, but it's been a hell of a week in Atlanta since we last spoke. Um, there were all sorts of things happening at city government with between um, – an anti-referendum bill getting passed in which the mayor, the Andre Dickens administration, squeezed in anti-referendum language into a city ordinance that was supposed to clarify and help further along the democratic process. And then there was the state-level anti-bail bond fund legislation that passed both the House and the Senate that criminalizes bail funds that bail out more than three people per calendar year. Attempted targeting at the atlanta solidarity fund
0: Jeez, yeah that's i was getting texts about that from like everyone who knew that i was involved with this movement they're like this seems bad it's like yep seems pretty fucking bad did did it like is the law definitely going to take effect here i'm showing my ignorance of how a bill becomes a law is there like uh anything else i mean the governor has to sign it right is yeah, govern- Governor
1: Kemp has to sign it, but you know it's it's spearheaded by his ilk. So I mean, he's yeah. a far right Republican governor. So anything that helps uh, buttress the police state uh, is sort of a de facto. I don't know if he's approved it yet, but he technically has to sign it. Um, he might have already approved it, and um, just so much other shit has come up this week that has that's no longer even felt. Um, that wasn't even the most intense thing that happened. But um, I believe that sometime in the summer is when that, uh, the ATL Soul fund would be affected. That's what I heard.
0: Can't fucking wait. I mean, is there like a plan for any kind of uh, counter strategy from like the ACLU or whatever? Because it seems like something that even, you know, mainstream libs would be somewhat alarmed about, no? Yeah,
1: one would think so. One would hope so. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I... Um... It's hard to follow everything sometimes, but we'll we'll keep we'll keep folks um, up to speed on that that anti bail fund bill that's sort of like um, you know, George is leading the nation right now on multiple different fronts for repression against anti-police activists.
0: Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah, and speaking of repression, uh, Thursday morning, we got some very concerning news. That there had been raids on three activists' homes in Atlanta. Um, And these are multi-agency raids, right? The feds have gotten involved, which is uh, concerning, to say the least, considering that all of the charges that have been leveled at people thus far have been at the state level, you know, the ones you've been hearing about, the RICO cases, the domestic terrorism cases. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This was the first time that the... Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, the ATF Has been involved in um, Any of the SWAT style raids that have happened Across the city of Atlanta Uh, One other of the SWAT style raids, there have been multiple But one of them was at the Home of the private residence Where several of the Organizers who run the Atlanta Solidarity Fund Were, had their houses raided Last summer
0: Yeah, so that's just fucking great Um, So what happened in these Raids? Uh, There was a great article In the Guardian where they talked to some of the people involved, right? So these raids were carried out very early on Thursday morning at 6 in the morning, you know, when most people are still in bed, and they did that by design because it freaks people out to be woken up, I imagine, uh, more than if they were already awake. Uh, So they woke up a whole house of people with those flashbang grenades that are fucking terrifying, speaking as someone who has had them released on me in the past the very recent past right during block cop city and uh they can't actually hurt you if they uh, unless they shoot them right into you but they are terrifying like you feel like you're on a fucking battlefield so i imagine that's not a fun thing to wake up to uh, when you don't know what the fuck is going on you know your house could be getting bombed like you don't know um so According to reports, they woke up a whole house of people with these flashbang grenades. They dragged a man out of his house by the hair, which is fucking disgusting, fascist shit to do. Um, they also forced a woman out of the house who was topless, and the cops took a fucking picture of her. Um, which is, again, just Abu Ghraib shit. Uh, the man who was dragged out by his hair, he said he went to his shed out back saw a naked Polaroid of the woman on the table and she said that the cops had put it there and started crying. So during these raids, the the three houses were ransacked and it says the cops found and confiscated laptops, cell phones, defend the forest, stickers, posters, and personal journals. Uh, They detained several people who were later let go. There was one arrest made um, and that was John Mazurik, or as his friends call him, Jack. Uh, he He's a prominent local activist. They charged him with first-degree arson. Um, they claimed that they had pre-existing evidence to do this, but they haven't said what it is, and there's no indication that they found any additional evidence while arresting him or during any of these raids. Um, and you know the cops love to fucking put all their shit on the table that they found during a bust and be like look what we found but they didn't do that this time because they have fucking nothing so um basically what we think is happening here is the cops have absolutely nothing legitimate on the movement but they're big mad so they are lashing out at people like jack who is a prominent local activist, you know, he's been a very vocal opponent of Cop City. Um, he's not trying to hide anything because this is something that we are at least ostensibly allowed to do in this, c- in this you know, this country of freedom and whatnot. Uh, the cops, they had a fucking meltdown. So they're trying to scare people. Oh, they were also driving around the neighborhood of, of Lakewood where a lot of activists live. Just uh, and it's also just generally a a working class neighborhood, right? In Atlanta, Uh, occupying coffee shops, looking for people to fuck with, just trying to fuck with people for any reason. So they're they're really uh, they're really off the rails here in a way that is both pathetic but also terrifying because you know they're the fucking cops and they can kill you.
1: It's, it's incredibly alarming. You know, this, this is sort of a, a major escalation on the part of the police. And I think you hit this on the head when you talked about just how, how a parent, like they're, they're, they raided three homes that day um, and all, the people that they uh, dragged out of the house, uh, handcuffed on the side of the street, topless. Um, none of those people were arrested, right? They, 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 they go inside and they seize posters, like they're they're grasping at straws and they know this this movement's been incredibly strong so what they're trying to do is they're trying to display uh, a level-headedness right they're trying to like articulate to the the movement funder or to the cop city funders trying to articulate to the atlanta police foundation corporate backers of the project as well as the political ruling class down in atlanta and in georgia that they know what they're doing and that they've got this thing under control um it it just goes to show how much they're scrambling to try to squash all all opposition to this project um going so far as to doing 6 a.m raids on activists homes you know jack uh attended city council meetings to stand in opposition to the project right this is a prominent local activist who has been incredibly brave um and is now being targeted as a result of it so in b- immediately after that um this was on thursday the the 7th i think um and or the 8th and um the next day there was uh, an atlanta police car that was torched in lakewood in the neighborhood where several of these police raids happened so i'm going to read a little excerpt from an anonymous uh communique posted on the internet um that some folks who uh i'll just read it posted on february 10th 2024 APD patrol car torched in Lakewood. One APD vehicle was burned overnight as an initial response to the repressive operation of February 8th, which involved three house raids and the arrest of Jack Maserick, who is being held without bail. We wish to dispel any notion that people will take this latest wave of repression lying down, or that arresting alleged arsonists will deter future arsons. Jack is accused of participating in the arson attack of July 1st, 2023, when eight APD motorcycles were burned at the current police training center that Cop City is intended to replace. The group that claimed responsibility for that action called for the movement against Cop City to develop into an urban guerrilla struggle. This is still the only sensible course of action for anyone in Atlanta who considers themselves a serious revolutionary. In light of the recent arsons of construction equipment belonging to Cop City contractor Brent Scarborough, the police needed to make a move to reassure their contractors and funders. Let's not panic or be discouraged. We have them on the back foot. We will answer their aggression by keeping up the pace of attacks. The cop car we burned was part of the Atlanta Police Department's Take Home Car program. There are at least 40, well, 39, cops around Atlanta with patrol cars parked right in front of their houses. The opportunity to have a shiny new take-home car is reportedly the number one reason for police retention. Uh, the number Damn. two: That's wild. Um, what a pathetic <laughs> life they lead.: Seriously. It is also intended to act as a crime deterrent in the neighborhood. We think that's funny. This particular car was in Lakewood, the same neighborhood where two of the house raids that took place. Our message is simple. If our comrades cannot sleep soundly in their homes, neither can the pigs. In this last paragraph, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution published in full, quote, We are not special. Our skills are not overly technical or advanced, and our tools are simple to acquire. If you are reading this, you are capable of doing what we do. We will have... S- we, we all have something to lose. It is simply a matter of living out our beliefs or submitting to the police state. Inaction is just a choice as much as action, and we all have to live with the choices we make.
0: Wow, that's quite the mic drop. Is that it?
1: Um. Yes. So uh, after that, about so about four... 30 a.m. or something like that on um on friday on saturday uh was when this police car was burned in lakewood and about like 15 or 16 hours later the police are having a phony press conference in front of another activist's home in the neighbor of late the in the neighborhood of lakewood uh Having a whole dog and pony show where they talked about how there was a series of residents who helped uh, identify this as the home of where people had fled. And they're just like making up this completely ridiculous story about – how they somehow have found out who these arsonists are and that they're entirely in control of the situation and that they're moving forward but right but they didn't issue any arrests right there were no arrests warrants that were issued for yesterday but apparently they they know exactly who did this thing right so adding this in post right before we get the episode out the morning of Monday February 12th in Atlanta there was a press conference by those who were targeted at the Saturday raid So police have confirmed that they did not have arrest warrants for anybody that was associated with the home, and the residents who were raided say that they were indiscriminately targeted because of their opposition to Cop City. This is a direct quote from Luke O'Donovan, whose home was raided on Saturday. The raid was based on a blatant lie and not meant to find evidence of arson. The police contrived a scapegoat to demonstrate to their higher-ups that they are able to respond quickly to an arson in the neighborhood, end quote. So that raid was executed by APD along with the FBI, the ATF, and the GBI, which is the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, um, allegedly with assistance from the Secret Service. Another quote from O'Donovan is that this is a warning from police that support for the movement against Cop City means that they can suspend your constitutional rights, End quote. This just goes to show that this latest set of SWAT-style raids of private residences in the Lakewood neighborhood is just a further expression of the same phenomenon that the police and law enforcement agencies have been doing time and time and time again in this movement. And that is the incessant scrambling at the hands of law enforcement trying as hard as they can to find anybody to charge with anything in connection to this widespread revolutionary anti-police movement. They grab the nearest person they can, and they call them a domestic terrorist. They find some random NGO who allegedly gave money to help build a port-a-potty during a week of action. They call them a racketeering-influenced criminal organization. They're raiding the private residences of vocal anti-cop city activists in the Lakewood neighborhood on baseless claims of involvement in criminal activity, And blatantly manufacturing lies. So they went as far as they put Luke's address on the internet, did a press conference in front of his house, and made up a story saying that they traced the arsonists back to this private residence, which did not happen. In the eyes of the state, if you oppose the police, if you oppose Cop City, if you oppose law enforcement agencies or the U.S. military apparatus, you are a terrorist. And they are scrambling to do everything they can in their power to try to convince the general public of this. Unfortunately for them, everybody hates the police and nobody is buying their lies anymore counter repression resistance to this to this level of austere police overreach and crackdowns needs to become more widespread or else the police will continue to believe that they can do this level of harassment and unconstitutional search and seizure of people's protected rights to live as a private citizen unchecked
0: yep seems a little fishy to me not to mention i mean if if we're going to evaluate the burning of the police vehicle as a response that someone did, uh it feels pretty measured considering what the cops did to did to the people who are against Cop City, right? Like they yeah, it's going to be a little scary to have a car burned. They didn't drag anyone out of their house by the hair. They didn't fucking hurt anyone. The cops uh they've hurt countless numbers of people and even killed Tortugita uh, In in this fight, in this struggle So if you want to see Who uh, really cares about human life um, right. it's, uh, it's not them
1: right. right The cops are constantly talking about How dangerous these arsons are How somebody is just bound to get hurt Because these things keep lighting on fire um, And they even said that yesterday Or Friday at the, at the press conference About um, the police cruiser That was burned in the neighborhood of Lakewood Right. And they were like, this, this, it's just a matter of time until these arsonists hurt somebody. Well, those, the, the person who burned that police cruiser destroyed a piece of police infrastructure, a specific type of police infrastructure, a cop car. Right. But law enforcement agencies in Atlanta and across the state of Georgia. Are notorious for their flagrant disregard for the human life and for public safety when it comes to how they operate those same police cars. So I did like literally three minutes of Googling today, and every single year for like the last five years, law enforcement agencies in Georgia and in Atlanta have had high speed chases against their own rules that have resulted in deaths. So I'll just recap a few of them now.
0: Yeah, fucking it- speak on it.
1: In 2019, three bystanders were killed in separate vehicle pursuits and separate high-speed pursuits, prompting then police chief to suspend the Atlanta Police Department's chase policy. Oh, wow! <laughs> she wrote in a letter about her decision quote It is an enormous it is assuming an enormous amount of risk to the safety of the public for each pursuit end quote. Despite that, in 2020. Atlanta officers violated that no-chase policy that was literally just implemented and killed two people. In 2021, APD engaged in at least eight high-speed vehicle chases, while the Georgia State Patrol and the rest of the Georgia Department of Public Safety engaged in 1,610, a third of which took place in Fulton County. In 2022, an attempted stop for a traffic violation, a fucking traffic violation, turned into a high-speed pursuit in which the officer's actions directly resulted in two more deaths. And then in December 2023, a few months ago, a resident said, quote, Straight out of a movie, a car chase ends up with a Georgia law enforcement patrol car on top of a suspect's Jeep. So there was Jeez. there was this race that – this is a quote from someone who saw what was happening. He was gone, like 100 miles per hour down the street. The The Jeep flipped over and the other car landed on top of it. It was like a video game. It didn't seem real. So when we're talking about activists who are going around destroying this police infrastructure, which is used to inflict vehicular violence around the community – one could make a pretty compelling argument that destroying that police infrastructure actually keeps the public safer. Yeah,
0: it's a clear and present danger to say nothing of all the people that the police kill every year just, you know, in the course of their normal duties, right?
1: No. They just sit there and lie and lie and lie. And, of course, uh, the final reason that the, the Georgia uh, that the Atlanta Police Department is lamenting about this destroyed police cruiser is because of the eighty thousand dollars that the bill will f- be footed by the by the local taxpayers, and that that cruisers needed to keep them safe. Meanwhile, the Cop City construction site is twenty million dollars over budget.
0: Hmm. Makes you think.
1: It sure does, Jamie. It sure does.
0: <sighs> so well... I just want to sh-
1: go. Go ahead.
0: Uh, no. What do you uh, What do you want to share? I uh, I was going to talk about the little counter press conference. Is that where we're going? Yeah, that's cool. So yes, yeah, so I guess there was a counter press conference or a, a response, at least, from the movement or many responses, of course, because we are a movement with many faces, uh, and that is a good thing, as we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess the Reverend Kiana Jones who, once again, is an awesome part of the movement. She said, the more they press, the more we're going to push. Which, like, yeah, sums it up pretty well, as far as I'm concerned. We cannot show them that these tactics are effective. Otherwise, they're going to keep on using them. uh, Just like, you know, we couldn't give up after they killed Tortuguita, Because, you know, in addition to needing to honor Tort's memory and continue the fight that they were so committed to, uh, we can't show them that killing people works, and we can't show them that uh, these kinds of fascist terror raids are effective either.
1: No. Um, I'd love to share a little bit about Jack. So oh, please. So Jack's actually from Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also from Illinois, so I feel a connection with with Jack. Um, and Jack's currently being held at Fulton County Jail on charges related to the Stop Cop City movement. And this was passed along by some folks doing anti-repression work supporting Jack while he's locked up inside of Fulton County Jail. Uh, Jack loves rock climbing, history, Buddhism, Pilates, poetry, vegan recipes, hip-hop, straight edge culture, punk culture, carpentry, and DIY construction, and, and sewing. So there's a call for folks to be able to write to Jack. Um, we, uh, you can find that on uh, Chicago ABC's Instagram handle that has all the information about how to write to Jack, um, including the specific types of ink that you need to use, the how to uh, stylize the contact information so that the letter can reach Jack and uh, Jack's birthday is on March first, so people have ample time uh-huh. to be able to write him a birthday card.
0: Hell yeah! Um, is there a place people can send money to right now, or is that still being uh, worked out?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I can ask some some contacts down down there and see if people know uh, the best place to send money for either Jack's commissary or for other anti-repression work that's ongoing down in the city of Atlanta.
0: Cool, cool. And we'll we'll put the most up-to-date info in the show notes for anyone who wants to check that out.
2: Absolutely.
1: So one thing that I think is interesting and worth noting is um, this APD car that was torched in the Lakewood neighborhood is an example of what activists are calling counter-repression. Uh, and this is a newer term, and it took me a while to realize that was a newer term because I'd heard the phrase anti-repression a lot, right? Right. Uh, whether that be raising funds for for jail support letter writing um, awareness shows things like that um, this sort of work that we do to nurture one another's um, and you know soothe our community in times of intense repression but this notion of counter repression is a little bit different and i found some infographics online and was wondering if i could share them out real quick
0: yeah let's check them out i'm guessing uh We're going to hear about why the best defense is a good offense.
1: Hell yeah. So uh, what is counter repression? Uh, Put simply, it means we fight back. Counter repression is a tactical orientation committed to reclaiming initiative by striking back against the forces of repression, thereby increasing our power to act together precisely as the state tries to destroy it. So basically, when they arrest us, When they have detentions or raids, when they harass us, follow us, or dox us, when bond is revoked, when conditions are tightened, and when false narratives are deployed, as they are so often, we need to respond quickly. So uh, that's, that's all fine and good. What does that actually mean? You know, that could be demonstrations at complicit corporate offices in your area, poster campaigns, pranks, home demonstrations, which have been really successful in this movement, doxing, vigils, and more. It's not a euphemism for clandestine attack, although, especially as is evidenced by the anonymous communique posted online, that can be a form of counter-repression. So, it's, it, I mean, it's unsurprising that the police repression is continuing to escalate against stop-cop city activists. It's one of the most powerful abolitionist movements that this country has seen since the George Floyd Rebellion. Um, and law enforcement agencies are just grasping at straws and thereby scapegoating vocal community members with baseless raids and misinformation campaigns. Uh, and what we were sort of saying earlier, Jamie, is like the primary function of this repression is to scare us into inaction.
0: Yep. Uh, they don't have shit. They're trying to scare people. They're trying to make us fucking give up. Um, But what that means is we just have to go that much fucking harder like uh, the Reverend Keon Jones said Um, (coughs) Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about what's happening to activists in Atlanta But uh, also, you know, to the degree that the rule of law still holds in this country and in that state in particular I think long term it's going to be fine I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the um it, it just goes to show that this struggle is far from over. You know, there's been if if one looks back over the last almost 3 years that this movement's been been going on um since spring 2021 is there's been sort of a waxing and waning of attention that the movements had that public a public interest that the movements had various other so- very important social justice issues have sort of ebbed and flowed over that time sometimes capturing um you know the left's imaginary and attention and energy um before you know stepping back and things like that what we're seeing right now um the, it's been an incredibly busy week in Atlanta right between what what are now four swat style raids an anti-bail fund legislation passing at the state of georgia and uh just more like galloping corruption by the part of the atlanta city council and the andre dickens administration um this goes to show that this movement is not over and this movement's not nowhere close to over cop city has not been built uh it's 20 million dollars over budget and it's still as You and I were maintaining back in November A political house of cards
0: Yeah, they're trying to claim By the way, that Cop City is like 70% built Um, no, 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 no Uh, I forget who it was who tweeted the pictures Of what the site actually looks like Right now Uh, But it's fucking empty Like, yes, they cut down a lot of trees That's the primary thing they've succeeded In doing uh, at this point But the fucking structures themselves Have not They've not made very much progress on that at all. So once again, the city is lying. The cops are lying to you to try to, you know, trick everybody into thinking that this is over. It's not over, folks.
1: That being said, right, there has been this very alarming um, upswing in repressive momentum. Uh, And sort of as you were saying before, we must expand participation in the movement in light of that. Uh, And inoculate broader layers of the public to the need for physical embodied resistance. You know, um, I'll read one more slide from this infographic. Folks can find it on the Stop Cop City Instagram. The corporate backers of Cop City and the Atlanta Police Foundation have financial and existential investment in seeing this controversial project through to completion. They benefit from and are directly complicit in the repression of Defend the Atlanta Forest and Stop Cop City activists. We must not allow corporations to benefit from the political repression of our comrades. Which sort of like cues up nicely this notion of the summit in Atlanta in, in Arizona.
0: That's right. So uh, I feel like we've talked a little bit about the summit in the past. Um, it's still happening, folks. It's, uh, it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, February, fuck, I'm not prepared to do this segment. February 23rd
1: to the 26th in the good city of Tucson, Arizona. There's a website, uh, com, and there's an event calendar on there. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Free Peace and Justice Fair at the Tucson Peace Center. Um, Live screen printing. Teaching uh, neurodiversity in movement spaces. There's going to be a rave. uh, An abolitionist collective that does bibliography work. Uh, and I'm sure a bajillion other things. This calendar just went up and things will start to populate in here nicely. But there's once again an ask from organizers down in Tucson that for folks who are going down there, you know, all you need to do to add something to this calendar is click on the calendar and then you just add an event that you're calling for. Um, So it really is sort of a a grassroots generative from below movement that the success of which and the richness of which is entirely contingent on the people who come and the initiative that they put forth to schedule events that feel meaningful and important to them.
0: That's right. And you know what? Being as uh, open source as it is, it's even possible that people who meet down there can figure out some stuff uh, on the fly. As more people show up, and we figure out what our uh capacities are, so come on down it's going to be a real a real good time
1: yeah i'm looking forward to it a lot um,
0: me too can't wait to see you again in the flesh
1: I know I know likewise, so besides all this shit that's been going down in Atlanta. There's still new media pieces coming out from all sorts of uh, different sectors of the political sphere, including this one that was came out on the 7th um, by Compact Magazine.
0: Yeah, I will say, I just, I will admit, I have a Google alert on my name. You know, fucking cancel me if you must for being a diva, but I need to see what people are saying about me online. I just have to know. Uh so yeah I got a little Google alert I was like oh what's this? Oh they called me an organizer that's nice and then you know uh from there I was like oh wait this isn't actually a very nice uh article. Um but uh oh yeah they also called me I guess let's back up a little and say what Compact Mag is yeah
1: sure yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of... they've already changed <clears throat> the about section of their website since the 70s
0: oh really <laughs> yeah that's fucking funny oh wow oh my god that is wow did we do that because <laughs> so... what it said before what it said before was um and they referred to me in this article they said um wait where do we go uh they said They're talking about Block Cop City, right? The thing that me and Sam met at and have been talking about this whole time. It says organizers such as the Brooklynite podcaster and OnlyFans model, Jamie Peck, had embarked on a nationwide promotional tour targeting bookstores in select blue cities to recruit activists to gather in East Atlanta. Uh yeah, we, sh- we really should have gone to more places where we just don't have anyone who wants to come. That would have been a, a much better use of our uh, resources. Anyway, uh, you could take that as a neutral description of me, right? Uh, I've got it right there in my Twitter bio that I do a podcast. It's not that hard to figure out. I am in Brooklyn, and yes, I am an OnlyFans model uh, that, you know, fucking girls got to eat. So, but then, uh, you know, you're like, okay. Let's see what this magazine is about. Boop, 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 boop. You know, you switch over to their mission statement or their, uh, their previous mission statement, I suppose, because they did, they just changed it. Um, <clears throat> I wish I, now I wish I'd screen the whole thing because it just really rings pretty fashy in its totality. But uh, I screen capped the part that I felt was relevant and, you know, didn't, didn't make it look great the reason why they mentioned that i'm uh, in porn uh it says every new magazine should be an intimation of a possible future a glimpse of how the world might be our editorial choices are shaped by our desire for a strong social democratic state that defends community local and national familial and religious against a libertine left and a libertarian right Ooh, like what the, what the fuck does that mean I have
1: no idea what the fuck that means To be honest
0: <laughs> So my buddy Jake Flores uh, He retweeted this And uh, Hold on let me find it And he said What exactly does it mean to defend Against a liberty and left You people sound like Matt Walsh matt walsh being the uh you know the focal transphobe right wing daily wire guy yeah yeah so mm, go go figure they fucking took it out but what does what is that supposed to mean because like i don't know uh i do porn because we live under capitalism and i need to make money uh but also like yeah, I I don't think sexual morality should be a part of our politics, right? Like, I which is funny because like the haters probably think that uh, that I think that that is political. That I'm just a fucking degenerate or whatever. Just like bleh, having all these crazy toilet orgies or whatever the fuck they think I'm doing. You know, notwithstanding the fact that I'm actually a very I'm I'm a little trad when it comes to my own personal well, you know, within reason. Um, but I'm. The point is, I'm a big softy. All right, I'm not some fucking man eater, but uh, they're they're the ones making it political, right?
1: I mean, one could one could interpret it as them just really gassing you up by saying you're a Brooklynite <laughs> podcaster and OnlyFans model—double threat.
0: She's hot and she's smart, folks. Brains mm. of beauty. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I I love to take the compliments from my haters and just leave the rest of it behind. That's always fun selectively pluck it out but like what the fuck okay so so you know they tip their hand they're like we are socially reactionary social democrats that is our vibe so you have to read and that's then, you know, you, so boring it's like why like there are so many things that you could be also there is no real world constituency for those kinds of politics in the united states at all whatsoever Which makes you wonder What like how are they funding this magazine
1: I don't know But they did just have an article that they published by Marco Rubio
0: Oh my god That's so funny <laughs> Also one of the editors like used to work for the New York Post And one of them uh, Nina Powers is like a vocal Fucking transphobe like that's all she fucking writes about So what we're saying is they got priors uh, yep. Even at At, at best Right. If you're just talking about socially conservative social Democrats, uh, they are not on board with the communist project, to say the least. So, you know, you kind of got to wonder if we should be taking what's presented as constructive criticism on our praxis, praxis, from people who do not believe in either communism or revolution, right? But let's dig into what it actually says. Dig shall indeed. we?
1: Let's dig. So, in.
0: I think we're gonna go a little long on this for our first ever bonus episode. That's right, folks. We're getting our shit together. We're gonna make some bonus content for you to encourage folks to uh, sign up. We might even do this first one as a freebie just to give you a little taste of what's coming uh, if you decide to give us five bucks a month or whatever on Patreon. Uh, but let's let's hit some of the important points, all right? Um, <clears throat> and it is it, it can be read as a critique and, you know, perhaps a good faith critique on part of the fucking writer because they're like a boring Jacobin person or whatever. Um, but, okay, one thing they do in here, they invoke Joe Freeman's, you know, very... Already, much very invoked essay on the tyranny of structurelessness to say that this movement is, you know, it's bad because it's decentralized. Um, now, setting aside that this is an objectively chuggy move to cite this essay in 2024, um, it, it really takes it as a given that a sort of hierarchical, vertically integrated structure is better than the kind of sprawling, decentralized composition. That the stop cop city movement has been employing um like i don't they don't do anything to prove it and i think considering the for instance the fact that they're trying to portray it as a criminal conspiracy right now given the rico charges um that's just one way that this kind of composition protects us uh not to mention It just makes a lot more sense in the fragmented world that we are currently living in. But um, if you want... It
1: it also just sort of like... um, When you you read the critique of that, it just becomes so apparent that the author just hasn't been involved in any effective organizing for a long time and certainly is not involved in any meaningful way in the Stop Cop City movement, um, except from the sidelines. Because, you know, one can't look at the decentralized uh element of the stop cop city movement without just being like very impressed by how something that is decentralized can just keep churning just keep chugging along uh where it's just sort of like there's this like outdated narrative that we just need to have vertical integration into all of our things we need to have leaders telling us what to do um, in order for anything to ever get done But this movement, the Stop Cop City movement Has proved itself as the most Dangerous movement to the Police that they've seen in Years in this country And you know you look back to The the, the one movement in recent memory That was more dangerous To the to the powers that be Than the Stop Cop City movement the The George Floyd uprising And that was, you can't get more decentralized Than that
0: No you cannot so, uh, yeah, that was obviously bullshit. And if you want sort of a long-form, thoughtful essay on the strategy of composition and why this is appropriate for so many struggles of our time, uh, you can check out The Strategy of Composition by our comrade Hugh Farrell in Ill Editions, which I think is a really good article.
1: I'm actually reading it right now for the first time. I went to the sauna last week and... Um... I was uh chugging along, and i was uh i really liked it and i was i was i had heard from some friends that it was very dense and hard to read and one of my you know uh friends who's probably a philosophy professor or some shit was like you know uh hazarding me against you know feeling like I can get through it and understand what it's about. Um, and I was, uh, you know, it's just, it's really lovely to read something about work that you're integrally involved in because you're like, oh, I get that reference. Um, I will say though, after about 20 minutes of being in the sauna, my brain just completely shuts down. So I will definitely have to revisit that text, but I'd love to talk about that. Um, maybe next time
0: in the sauna, yeah. just kidding. We don't have to do it in the sauna.
1: I don't want to bring my new microphone in the sauna.
0: That's, that's very fair. I mean look, you remember how quickly our electronics stopped working in the sauna last time.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we were trying to take pictures in there and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you're done. That was fun. Yeah, have a little phone free phone free time now. I was like, Oh yeah, my brain could benefit from that. Um even at the same time as it is being uh obliterated by the heat. Um <clears throat> when we now go on
1: when we went on our little trip um that was the first time jamie and i went on a trip over uh, new year's and i had my phone off and unplugged and in a faraday bag for a week and that was the longest that i'd have my phone completely decommissioned in a very long time as one could probably imagine and i had all these lofty goals for coming back home and maintaining that sort of level of disconnection <laughs> from my little pocket-sized nightmare rectangle and I just I couldn't do it. It's just it's. I, I too... knew that
0: wasn't happening.
1: I know. I was like I was all fucking talk, yo.
0: I mean, I knew it wasn't happening for me. I no. I knew it wasn't happening for you. Sorry. No. no. I was freaking the fuck out the whole time. I never reached a point at which I had substantially, you know, detoxed in any satisfying kind of way. Uh, you know, maybe better luck next time. <clears throat> um. Anyway. Uh, So this person cites Vincent Bevan's book, uh, what's it called, If We Burn Something Something, about how, you know, there's been all these somewhat decentralized, seemingly spontaneous movements that have popped up over the past, like, 20 years, uh, going back to the movement of the squares, going back to Occupy, and, you know, we had these movements, we had these struggles, but no better world appeared. you know tfw no communism and uh he sort of blames the the form of these struggles uh, and these movements as the reason why you know as if a he uh shares our communist horizon which i think it's pretty safe to say that a social democrat does not uh and b as if As if this is an easy thing to accomplish and as if there's going to be like a straight line and like measurable shit uh, on our way there. And, you know, as if it's going to happen, you know, like, you know what, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Like, excuse me.
1: I think it's also like just a very unimaginative and boring and just sort of like armchair version of like a uh, revolutionary theory. And what I mean by that is like, and I'll probably talk about this on every episode, but it's sort of like the, the most interesting and powerful elements of social movements for me lately has been just sort of tracing the butterfly effects of specific waves of struggle and how they influence and shape the horizons of struggles to come. So, you know, I wasn't involved in the Occupy Wall Street movement. I was like just getting out of high school back then, but it's incredibly apparent how influential and how important that m- historical moment was in shaping pretty much all of the social struggles that I've been a part of since that time, who sort of began where Occupy ended, where we are the 99% in this sort of unwavering vitriol for the hyper-rich and massive levels of wealth inequality that they create are now just like a given criticism at this point. Um, obviously, laying the groundwork for Bernie and the rise of so- social democratic politics and ethics, uh, which, by the way, uh, give the author of that compact piece the sort of political ecosystem that he and his friends and Jacobin bask in, uh, not to mention the tactic and the logic of the sort of occupation. Uh, Which has now trickled into every place-based social movement, uh, general assemblies, spokes councils, encampments, and the many, many political networks and revolutionary political projects that find their roots in friendships and in relationships that Occupy Wall Street inoculated.
2: So to sort of look back and say this movement
1: failed at bringing about – as you clearly articulated the extremely lofty goals of total system change and say that it's the fault of this reason or that reason or this reason is just like – that's – you have to be pretty fucking full of yourself to be able to think that you can articulate why a social movement didn't win comprehensively.
0: Right not to mention like this is how it works right like at least in you know the way i see things happening um you know these movements they build from cycle of struggle to cycle of struggle and you know it's all about coming up against their limits and learning from it and having people be transformed in the course of struggle such that you know when things spark back up again that you're not starting back from nothing like You've just said, Seb, uh, these elements carry over from one thing to the next. Um, We can point at lots of examples where the most militant tactic from one struggle in one part of the world becomes generalized in the next. For instance, uh, around the time of Occupy, some folks brought back a little thing called the fair strike. And this was sort of an isolated thing at the time. (coughs) And you know, uh, it didn't generalize in that particular time and place. However, uh, a few years later, during the uprising of 2020, a whole bunch of people who were protesting to get the cops out of the subway did just massive fare evasion. Uh, it also happened in Chile. you recall, there mm-hmm. was an act- a game that was called Ev- evasión Massiva, Mass- Massive evasion. Uh, So the way these tactics spread uh, across both geography and political content, I think is really important and something that this person is totally missing.
1: Yes. That game sounds so fun.
0: (laughs) Right? Oh, it's fun. Not that I've played it or anything. I've, I've heard that it's fun.
1: I will say, though, hopping over a turnstile in a in a suit and tie is one of the best feelings that I've ever
0: had in my life. Yeah. Like, oh, I might be going to work, but I'm still a little naughty.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like a little, you know, it's a little disarming for the people around you where uh, you just you don't look the part.
0: Yeah, no, true. That's fine. Um Yeah, everyone. Everyone should do it. Um, it's also kind of uh, funny. That Block Cop City, in particular, is being accused of being too uh, decentralized and non-hierarchical. Dog, you
1: can never make everybody happy. (laughs) This shit's so frustrating.
0: Because, like, you know, I remember very recently reading some posts from some anarchist blogs saying exactly the opposite. So, you know, everyone's a critic. It's like, make up your goddamn minds, people. Which is it? can't be both
1: people who it's fucking rigid radicalism i am a prophetizer of the book joyful militancy building thriving resistance in toxic times by carla bergman and nick montgomery Uh, and they they coined this term rigid radicalism which like it isn't a tendency it isn't an ideology it's a sort of like um assuredness or like Affect or some, I don't know what the fucking word affect means, but it's some sort of affect that like cuts across political ideologies where it's just like this, 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 this phenomenon of just like, I know the right revolutionary way forward. And if everybody else just thought a little bit more like me or exactly like me, we would be able to win. And the critique of, you know, uh, I lost my train of thought.
0: It's quite all right. I liked where you were going with that.
1: Thank you. Let me If I can recover it, I'll cut that part out. Um, you know, but it's like you see that in expressions like it, that notion of rigid radicalism, I feel, comes up in this piece, this compact mag piece a lot, as well as just some of the moralistic anarchist criticisms of various elements of the Stop Cop City, Defend the Atlanta Forest movement, Block Cop City or not. Um, which is just sort of this idea of people being like, no, you need to do things more like I think you should be doing them, and then you'll be effective. And it's like the whole function of the decentralized and autonomous movement is so that anybody can begin from exactly where they stand right now, You don't have to wait until you're more skilled up and learned this thing and read all the right books and done all these direct action trainings to be able to act. There's 10,000 different ways to plug in today. And if you want to get involved, if you want to be a legitimate revolutionary actor in this social struggle, all you need to do is act. And that's what's made this movement so ongoing is there all of the entry points for people to participate So when people sort of stand on the sidelines and just say, you're doing it wrong, you need to do it more like I think you should be doing it, it just like, it blows my mind how they can't just like sort of look in the mirror and realize how comical they look. Like the world, as you mentioned earlier, the world is so fragmented right now. We all have so many different ways that we think we should be moving forward. And to insist that like your way is right and everyone else just needs to sort of, get in line behind your correct ideology is it's delusional
0: totally delulu you heard it here first um okay it also talks about uh how we've abandoned class as something that we organize around because you know we don't have a lot of involvement from the official ranks of organized labor um I feel like we can save some of this for the bonus, but uh, yeah. uh, You try and do that in the South (laughs) and see how that goes. It also declares Block Cop City a failure, uh, which is not true. Uh, As we've discussed previously, we actually achieved a lot of our goals with it. Um, Meanwhile, he declares the referendum campaign a relative success, uh, Measured by what? Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but the referendum hasn't happened yet and might never happen. So that's uh, that, that's a little sus. I feel like that's tipping his hand a bit, right? And it also reminds me of this um, Rosa Luxemburg quote. Uh, I'm probably going to botch it right now because I don't have it written down um, about how revolution is... The only historical project where success can only be preceded by a series of defeats, so hmm. that there there you go uh, really once like again that. some some people just want everything all at once, and I don't know maybe it's a result of our instant gratification culture i don't know do you think it's phones? do you think it's phones who did this to him <laughs> um okay, I also think. This writer, uh, you know, claiming to be operating in good faith uh, is a, is trying a little too hard to whip up drama yeah. where it doesn't necessarily exist. Right. When they they got one anonymous person to anonymously talk shit uh, to illustrate this tension that allegedly exists between, you know, these direct action anti-fa anarchist types on the one hand, right? And the, you know, the, the referendum folks who are very, very by the books, uh, doing the petitions, doing the referendum. Uh, and I'm not saying that, this, that there's no tension whatsoever between anyone in the movement, right? But I think it's definitely outweighed by the solidarity and the respect for a diversity of tactics that goes every which way. Uh, which, like, you know, once again, this is one good thing about how uh, diverse and decentralized this movement is. Um, so, like, if he wants us to be uh, hierarchical or whatever, that's only going to make there be more tension between these different uh, different groups of people. Um, but it's just, it's just demonstrably false that these two co- corners of the movement uh, don't respect each other and don't get along, right? Um, Block Cop City itself was actually timed to coincide with the referendum when it was originally supposed to be held. You know, not as like a counter-programming thing, but as a an addition. You know, a support thing. And, you know, they fucking moved it, because the city's given the referendum the runaround, but that's what it was supposed to be. Um, also, there was an act of sabotage on the construction site that happened around the time of Block Cop City, and... Uh, if you look at the Twitter of the referendum people, Stop Cop City Vote, uh, they had a Twitter thread about how they do not disavow any tactics in this fight. So, you know, uh, you might expect the referendum people to be like nerds who follow the rules. Nope, 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 nope. Turns out they're fucking based. And uh, we actually have a recent video of an activist named Mary Hooks demonstrating that baseness once more. Uh, do you want to play it?
1: I will. Uh, In this clip, some journalist asks Reverend Kiana Jones and Mary Hooks and other folks who were speaking at the press conference on Thursday after the raids. So, uh, do you condemn the uh, the arsons of the motorcycles and other equipment and stuff? And Mary Hooks responds.
2: Hell no, no, not at all. And to be I'm not, I'm being honest with you, Atlanta deserves more than that. Real talk. They're lucky. This city is lucky. This country is lucky. Atlanta has its hands and literally murdering Palestinians right now. You think we give a damn about some equipment? Not at all. Not at all. But some of us, we cannot take that risk. And those who can, bless them, bless them. I cannot take that risk, but Lord knows I'll sit with my lighter and be like, damn. So the best thing that I can do is use my voice, use my feet, use my heart, and talk to my people, and to organize. And I put my body on the line and show up as much as we can, because we need every, every means necessary to deal in the police state in which we are dealing with. So I don't care now, and I would imagine my comrades would say the same. Right. No, right. I'm not going to condemn nobody for burning up. No, sorry, brother. I ain't going to condemn nobody for doing righteously what they need to do when our city has silenced every, quote-unquote, democratic, proper, democratic process. That's right. That's right. That's As that's one of the right. students say, if we don't get this in the courts, if we can't get this at council, Then we're going to take it in the streets. Because our people, our children, my babies, are worth the risk. That's right. That's right. Speak.
1: No, it's so good. She spits fire. Um, It's like, no matter how hard the media tries to get one sector of the movement to publicly disavow another sector, there's just such strong revolutionary solidarity. And like, obviously... We don't all agree with one another on what the proper tactics are, but there's been this, like, total recognition of just, like, people need to be able to act, and everyone's at a different, like, level, uh, to use, like, a, a term from the NGO world, on the ladder of engagement, where, like, not everyone's ready for the seventh rung and people have a process of revolutionary becoming. And part of that process is not making people feel like shit for engaging in whatever tactic makes sense to them. And the only people that you will find who are disavowing Like other sectors of the movement publicly to the media, assuming this quote in this article is real, are like an incredibly obscure and increasingly self- marginalizing sort of like pro-violence purist sect of insurrectionary nihilists or something like that.
0: Yep, and we should make it clear that those people also didn't like Block Cop City. So, uh, (laughs) it's... It's like, yeah, I, I don't think you can quote one of those people or like, who knows if they're even actually involved with this either. Uh, but, yeah, you can't quote one person anonymously and use it to discredit uh, our our people. You just can't. And And what... <sighs>
1: And what Mary Hooks says, who's um, – folks, uh, she's one of the founders of the Movement for Black Lives and is, like, a, a leading figure in the the Stop Cop City Vote, which is a sort of referendum Democratic push in Atlanta on this stuff. Um, she says, um, like, I'm not able to take those risks – But I'm going to stand by the people who can and understands that people are at different levels and what they find appropriate and what they feel like they can do and what they they feel like their identity affords them the ability to do because of um, (laughs) systemic racism and things like that. Um, And she's like, no, I've got your back. And how fucking dare you attempt me to try to to slander you publicly?
0: Yep. Also, love how she brings in the connected struggle in Gaza right Uh, because this is another thing that this article took issue with right because they saw the efforts to connect up these different struggles where there are very clear connections to be made um, you know setting aside the larger connection of uh, settler colonialism and racialized caste uh, that exists in both places Uh, right the the Atlanta Police Department literally has an exchange program with the IDF where they trade, uh, you know, counterinsurgency tactics to be used against uh, civilian populations here. Um, And and the article tries to paint it as this uh, cynical move on our part to stay relevant as if we hadn't been talking about it already. Um, And he calls it a meaning—he calls— when people say from Atlanta to Gaza, he says that's a meaningless slogan— which is obviously very uh, WTF.
1: That's so wild. Like literally today in the new inquiry, the Palestinian youth movement published a massive statement, beautifully written statement of solidarity with the Stop Cop City movement. Um, And I'm going to read one real quick paragraph. You mentioned counterinsurgency. Um, I'm going to read one paragraph from this article. Quote, With every such expansion, the ability of counterinsurgency doctrines to counteract People's liberation grows. The purpose of counterinsurgency is to marshal state and para-state power into political, social, economic, psychological, and military warfare to overwhelm both militants and the people who support them. Its aim is to render us hopeless, to isolate and dispossess us, to try to break our will, to resist it by any means necessary. This will continue apace nevertheless stop cop city remains undeterred and then they shout out the Bert D- apd cruiser right there is this burgeoning national solidarity between social movements that's just been happening with an, a very increased um rapidity and like scale over the last few years and the atlanta to gaza solidarity is unmistakable
0: yeah word uh Yeah, the burden of proof is on the person saying that uh, there is no connection there. Because there are so many. It's like, really? Uh, Interesting take, bro. (laughs) You care care to substantiate that? (laughs) No. No, you do not. So, yeah. I think that's a a good little taste of this article that was uh, hmm, perhaps not commissioned in the best of faith by a right-wing publication.
1: So I'm going to go back and reread it and I like your idea of sort of diving into it more piece by piece because you know there really are some interesting questions that are posed in the article and they're oh, for not sure. and they're not questions that you and me you and me ask these questions all the time, right, which is like how do we actually scale up our resistance? How do we sort of what does a contemporary revolutionary organizational form look like that still honors and furthers the decentralized and autonomous ethic of the defend the forest movement that lets people plug in where they're at in accordance with their sensibilities, their beliefs, their ethics, their crews, their skills um and not require everyone toe a party line. But that we can work towards collective liberatory horizons in whatever way is necessary, in whatever way that we deem as individuals and as, like, you know, uh, crews around the country and around the world, deem possible. Um, and yeah, this, you know, yeah. Go ahead.
0: It, it's also just the larger question of how these uh, sort of uh, contemporary specific. Struggles connect up with our larger political horizon, right? And our overarching political theories of change. And that is something that we are always trying to answer and something that I'm always trying to answer. Um, But, you know, if if I had all the answers already, we would be living in full communism. So it's (laughs) kind of understandable that we don't.
1: Right. We need to give ourselves and certainly give each other a little bit of grace as we try to figure this thing out. So I know that was a lot. Um, We didn't even get to all the other stuff that we were uh, going to wax on about, but I think we foregrounded kind of what feels important to me in this moment. Um, This was the most nervous I've been going into one of these so far. Um, And I think that just is a reflection of the, you know, the repression works in crazy ways. It's meant to make us feel anxious. It's meant to be it's meant to derail our thoughts it's meant to sort of like send us into spirals and um it's it's a really gentle reminder for me to sort of like take care of myself and not let that happen so like in moments like this um if other people out there are feeling nervous about the repression that's going down um one of the things that you can do to maintain your revolutionary power is to just take care of yourself and make sure you get enough rest and drink enough water and journal and talk to your friends about how you're feeling. Go to fucking therapy if you can. Because, um, you know, I'm feeling anxious, but um, I'm going to move through it and not going to let that bludgeon me into submission. Because um, that's uh, that's not going to make anything better. How um How are you feeling, Jamie?
0: Yeah, so I tend to cycle wildly back and forth between... Thinking that nothing is fucked, everything is fine. uh you know we for better or for worse, we still live in a liberal democracy with civil liberties and shit, and uh you know, much like the the insurrection that wasn't on January sixth uh the uh the state's gonna restore order in this instance, and in this instance, it means you know getting the fascist police under control. To the degree that that is still possible. Uh, And then, you know, sometimes I get a little paranoid. Sometimes I get... Or maybe it's not paranoia. I don't know. Sometimes I get a little scared that I have so publicly associated my name and face with this movement. Um, Even though nothing that I am doing is illegal in any way. um, That certainly hasn't stopped them in the past from doing all sorts of repression on people and um you know trying to fuck with them trying to scare them but uh i don't know maybe it's just cuz i had a really fun night on friday that lasted well into saturday i'm just i'm feeling i'm feeling good i'm feeling optimistic and I'm feeling like we you know if if we didn't pose a threat if we didn't matter right uh, they would not be expending this much energy trying to keep us down. And not to mention, Compact Mag would not have expended 2,300 words uh, trying to say why we ain't shit. So I'm cautiously optimistic, as always. And I hope that everyone who cares about this is also caring for themselves Um go to the sauna do whatever you need to do to uh you know rejuvenate yourself and reproduce yourself as a fighter and as a person in the world who cares about the world so yeah i guess those are my uh unfiltered rambling thoughts about uh where i'm at with this
1: well thanks for that i um i'm also i'm also cautiously optimistic i uh You know, we've got a long road ahead of us, and I'm really grateful to be doing this uh, arm-in-arm with you.
0: Aw, me too. That's so sweet.
1: that was jack's band creative control with earthbound track number four off their misfortunate mishaps demo 2024 album you can find that uh at creativecontrolpunk.bandcamp.com check out the whole ep peace